Welcome back, party people. You are tuned into another episode of Create with Kendra, a place where you can be inspired, challenged, and changed. In this space, every week, I would like to acknowledge a Black creative, entrepreneur, businessman, or woman doing their thing and leaving their mark on this world. And this week's creative is Redefine Amos Enterprises. The owner and founder of Redefine Amos Enterprises is none other than the one and only Malik Amos. He is a dope creative of custom t-shirts. He is one of the baddest musicians in the Bay Area. So if you have any music inquiries, you can hit him up. Or if you want some custom t-shirts made, and let me tell you, I wear them all the time. And I get lots of compliments. So let me just say, this is a black business you want to support. You can find him on Instagram at Redefine Amos Enterprises. All right, y'all, if you are ready to get your life just like I am, then this is the place for you. All right, now let's get into it. Spring cleaning. Now we are going to talk about some spring cleaning cleaning out all the clutter from the past couple of months. And if you are one of those saints that still has your Christmas tree up in March, we're going to pray your strength in the Lord. Please take that down, ma'am, sir, please. Now, we're not just going to be talking about the dust and the grime and packing stuff in boxes and putting it in the garage, but we are going to be talking about clutter in our own lives. Things that occupy our time and space that are really unnecessary. We are going to take some practical tips and learning how to clean out the clutter. All right. Now, in day-to-day living, things that are considered clutter may show up to us as not clutter. So it may be School, it may be your job, it may be making money, whatever has your heart, whatever is a treasure to you and that you put priority over God is considered clutter. Now, you may be one of these people and you see this a lot if you're on social media, folks have in their bios, God first, you know, God first, family second or whatever the case may be, but What is after God on that list? I asked you all on Instagram, and if you're not following me, you can follow me at underscore create with Kendra. I asked you all on Instagram in the list of your priorities, what do you put before God? And I got a lot of similar responses from this question and folks were saying temptation they struggle with. And that's something that they put before God, their friends, unforgiveness, lust, and one that caught my attention and gave me a, who was worldly issues and a worldly mindset. Now looking at this particular response to the question, it all ties into lust, unforgiveness, friends, temptation, and whatever else we put before God. It is the issues of life. It is the things and the deeds of life that we operate in a carnal mindset. So the only thing that we're thinking about is our fleshly desires and needs. And so these are the things that we pursue and these are the things that we prioritize. 
Now, when I say where does God fall on your list above all these things, it's kind of hard for God to be first if he has to compete with other loves. When we put God on a list, we are putting him in a list of lesser loves that he has to compete with. It's more so like a main chick, side chick mentality. God is number one, but after God, or even if I consider God, I really like how the sexual temptation feels. So I'm going to give into that. Oh, I'm here for everybody's tea. So I'm going to give into gossip. I don't fool with this person. I'm angry at what they did to me. They violated me. They crossed me too many times. I'm going to hold a grudge against them. And so when we put God on a list of these other entities, he has to compete with things that can't even compare to him. Brothers and sisters, I really want to extend something practical that we can use in our lives to make them that much better which is taking God off of your list and putting him at the center of your life. Everything around you will start and will come to order once you put God at the center and take him off the list. And I want to give a quick testimony about how that worked in my life. Um, Many things. Once I put God at the center of my life, everything started to come into order. And one thing in particular was my money. When I had God on a list, when it came to my finances, God was not number one. To be completely honest, anytime you put him on a list, he don't be number one. He may be number eight. And by the time you get to number eight, you be tired and you forfeit anything to get to him by that point. And so when it came to my money and giving tithes and offering, and if anyone does not know or is familiar with what tithing is, is you take 10% of your earnings and you give it to a church or you give it to something that pertains to the kingdom of God. And that's how you take care of the church, the community. And tithing is very important, especially for believers. And so when God was on my list, tithing was not number one. (laughs) And I would find myself buying clothes, buying shoes, going to events and doing things that I wanted to do selfishly before I gave my money to where it was supposed to go. And I found myself a lot short on cash. I found myself just not really in the best financial situation because before paying my tithes the way I was supposed to pay them, My heart was not right. My attitude was stank. By the time I'm done paying bills and spending money on what I wanted, I just wanted to hold on to the little change I had. I ain't gonna lie to you. I just wanted to hold on to it. But that was not right. And I was out of order. And a lot of times when we put, actually 100% of the time, when we put God on a list and he's not at the center, we are out of order. That means our lives are out of order. Hear me when I say it. And so I had to change my perspective and I had to trust God with my money. And so when I started to pay my tithes as the first thing 
And this is how I do it. I don't wait till Sunday morning. When that direct deposit hit on Friday, sis, bruh, I'm paying my tithes before I leave the office, before I leave home. I remember one time I was at Walmart and I said, oh, I forgot to pay my tithes. Before I walked into the store, Saints, I pulled out my phone and did what I had to do. And then I proceeded. Because once I start giving God my first and not giving him what was left over, I had not seen a broke day. Like I have money in my account. I'm not negative in my account. I'm not struggling um, to buy things. And I'm not saying that I'm a millionaire right now, but I claim that in the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. But I'm saying that I am not wanting and I'm not struggling for money because I submitted my money to God by putting him in the center of it all. I really want to invite everyone that is listening to this right now to make room for God. Anything that we put above God is a lesser love. And I want to break down what a lesser love means. It is something that you occupy your time with that does not push you towards your purpose or bring you closer to God. So that could be a Netflix show that you're really into. That could be some dude, some girl that you're entertaining and you know it's not going anywhere, but just that satisfaction of I have attention from somebody that could be a lesser love anything that is not pushing you towards your purpose anything that is not pulling you towards God the Bible says in the book of James chapter 4 verse 8 draw near to God and he will draw near to you in order for us to get close to God and make room for him to flourish in our lives, we have to get rid of everything that is standing in our way. And once we get to the place of wanting and seeking God, we become familiar with his voice and we gain a better understanding of what he wants to do in our lives. It's just like any other relationship that you have. You know the sound of your mother's voice and your father's voice because, or whoever it was that raised you, You know the sound of their voice because from birth, you were conditioned to that sound, conditioned to that certain voice. So when they call you, oh, you know, that's your mom. Oh, that's my dad. That's my granny because I've spent time with them. So I'm familiar with their voice. So if anybody can, would come up to you and and call your name that you're not familiar with, you won't be able to identify who this person is because there is no relationship. You have not spent time with him. And that's just like God in us. We don't know his voice because we're not spending time with him. We can't make room for him to dwell because we're not spending time with him. So what does that look like making room for God in our lives? Take a moment just to sit and think, where is my relationship with him? And I don't want to discourage you, but I want to challenge you because sometimes our relationship isn't where it could be. But at the end of the day, we have all been dealt a measure of faith and God is not going to judge you and say, hey, so-and-so isn't close to me like 
this other person. So I'm not going to fool with them because they, they, they should be closer to me, but they're not. That's not how God works. He sees us. He knows our flaws. He knows our faults. He knows our hangups. And he says, you know what? I don't care about that. I just want you. Get rid of all the clutter. Get rid of all these broken relationships and lesser loves so I can have you. And practical tips to having God is spending time with him in prayer. Hey, Kendra, I don't know how to pray. It's been years since I've prayed and I think I'm a little rusty. So how can I do this? I would always say to anybody who feels as if they don't know how to pray, just start off with God. Let your will be done in my life. Start off with that. Just let your will be done in my life. And you can just continue to have a conversation with your father. It is a conversation. And your stamp to get your prayer up to him is at the end. You just say, in the name of Jesus, I pray. That'll send it up to the father. And also reading your word. Well, how do I start reading my word? Do I start from the beginning of Genesis? Do I start from what book? How long do I have to read? If there's anything that you find a challenge, Google it. Google scriptures on, let's say, temptation. God, I'm struggling with sexual temptation. What does your word have to say about this? You can go over to Google, type in scriptures about sexual temptation or scriptures about forgiveness, scriptures about, you know, lust or the love of money, whatever it is that you're battling or facing in that moment, you can find the scripture and then start there. And if anything, start to feed your spirit with lovely things, with honest things, with good things, with inspirational things. You can't get closer to God if you are feeding yourself junk food. If you listen to music that degrades women, that degrades the body, that kills the mind. If you're talking to people that gossip and suck the life out of you, if you're hanging around folks that do not add to your purpose. And let me tell you this, when it comes to friends, and I'll do another episode on this. There's a difference between a friend and there is a difference between a homegirl or a homeboy. A homegirl and a homeboy does not care about your relationship with God. So if you're trying to stop smoking or if you're trying to stop drinking, they will not be the people to encourage you to stop doing these things. They'll be the ones to say, just live your best life and do what you want to do. You grown, you good. But at the same time, your spirit is starving. When it's a real friend, Your real friend is going to come out of Ecclesiastes 4 and 9. Somebody that's going to stand back to back with you and fight on your behalf. And we're going to say that for another time. When we create a space for him, he can flow. And when I was praying for this particular episode, God showed me a vision of two doors that represented our hearts and our lives shut tight. And once those doors opened, there was water from the highest level 
high as the ceiling, just rushing that flooded the entire place. And God wants to do that in your life. Yes, in your life. He wants to flow freely. And as he flows, he wants to clean up and wash out all of the dirt and all the grime that we can't get rid of ourselves. And as he's flowing, he's going to start healing, delivering, setting you free, growing you, making ways and provisions, not only for you, but for folks that are connected to you, like your family. You're going to grow in your business. You're going to grow in your purpose. But first, we have to make room for the father. Taking that first step to say, hey, God, I need you. He's going to respond. I dare you to try him. And say, God, all of my lesser loves, if it's alcohol, if it's weed, if it's sex, if it's gossip, if it's unforgiveness, God, I'm going to give this up. And I'm going to press towards you. Even if I don't know how to, I'm I'm just still going to do it. And you don't have to know everything. You don't have to know how to pray. God will teach you. You don't have to already know how to submit. He will teach you how to submit. You just have to be willing. Not perfect when you come to him. You just have to be willing. And so right now we're going to take this time for the people's prayer. And I'm praying for those who need to make room for God to flow in their lives. Amen. Father, we thank you so much for this word. We thank you for who you are in all of your glory. We thank you, God, that you don't look for us to be perfect, nor do you look for us to be neat and tidy and together, but you want us in our mess so you can clean us up. God, as we were discussing making room and the practical tips that we can use to make room for you to flow in our lives, God, I pray that you give us the strength to pursue you. Those folks that are struggling with addiction and situations that are lesser loves, God, I pray that you give them the strength to throw their hands up. And in that hand raising God, that is a sign of surrender. God, I pray that you honor the first step that we take towards you and that you come in our lives and that you clean us up. Making room is so important because in that, we begin to discover who you are as our loving father, who we can be as your children and how we can change the world. God, I pray that every person that is listening to this, that has a discouraged heart, that has a need for spring cleaning, that you clean us up. You're the only one that can do it. There is no self-help book. There is no self-medication that we can utilize to clean us up the way that you can. Father, we need you. We love you and we trust you with our lives. Now, God, I pray that you make room and do what it is that you want to do through us. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. All right, y'all, that is the word on the street for this week. If you enjoyed this episode, I encourage you to share this with whomever you know that needs to hear this exact message. 
about making room for God. All right, y'all, until next time, beautiful people, be blessed.